Welcome to the Daily Preem by Veloci, where we answer questions about riding, racing, and training every day of the week. I'm your host, Aaron McNanny. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Daily Preem. Today is episode 42. Thanks for listening, I really appreciate it. Today we're going to be talking all about cyclocross racing. So I'm going to give you a quick introduction to the discipline, uh, the type of racing, and I'm not going to go too in-depth. Yesterday we did a podcast about uh, criteriums, and I went probably more in-depth than I wanted to. I think it was a little bit longer than I would have liked. So we're going to stay a little bit brief today, but uh, I, I really want you to listen to this because if you're not cycle, if you're not racing cyclocross right now, I really think that you should. I think it's super fun. Even if you just do one race a year, I think you'll have a blast and it's going to be great for the sport. It's going to be great for your skill as a cyclist. And I think it'll be really fulfilling. So uh, hear me out and uh, <laughs> let's begin. So first of all, the format. Usually they are uh, the races are composed of loops, usually at least one mile, uh, usually less than two miles. I don't know what the USA Cycling or UCI standards are. Um, you don't want it to be too short because then you don't have as many course features, and you don't want it to be too long because you know it's kind of you want to reuse the course features and you want spectators to be able to watch as much as possible. So that sweet spot is usually just under two miles. Uh, generally, they follow the Criterium type of model where they'll um, It'll be like a, a timed race, so say 40 minutes or 45 minutes, and they'll after one lap, they'll kind of have an idea of what the pace is. Maybe it's about nine minutes per lap. Well, then they'll extrapolate that to whatever the uh, the advertised length of the race is going to be, be that 40 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, and go from there. Then they'll start giving lap cards, five laps to go, etc. Um, they have done, uh, they will do lap lapped races. Um, so uh, they'll say 10 laps or five laps or six laps. Um, but generally, maybe they're doing that for the Cat 1, 2, 3 or the UCI races, etc. Um, yeah, like I said, they're usually less than an hour. Because of that, they're very punchy. They're very sprinty. You're generally pedaling quite a bit. It's go, 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 go. Little time for rest. Uh, very uh, anaerobic, I would say. It's fantastic workout. I think if you're a road racer or a mountain biker, it's a great conditioning. Uh, you, so the season will go from September to December, uh, plus or minus a month or so. And so it's kind of in that location, that time of year where maybe you're less interested in cycling, you're not on the road bike as much, you're not on the trails as much because it's a little wet and maybe your local park doesn't want you riding on wet trails. Um, it's just really fun. So uh, let's keep going here. So uh, one interesting thing is it's a grid start. So if you're coming from the criterium world, this will be a little bit weird to you. Uh, it's, you know, maybe the start is seven wide. And so they'll do call-ups and based on your position in the series or how strong of a racer you are that year or for the following year, they'll pull you up, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then uh, kind of go from there. So you, how you're doing actually uh, translates to where you start in the race. With criteriums, generally it's kind of first come, first serve. Whoever gets to the front of, front of the line gets to start the race in the front. Now in a crit, it's not as important because the crits start a little bit less 
intense and where you are in the beginning is less important because you've got the whole race to get to the front. Well, in a cyclocross race, it's very similar to a mountain bike race where the, the, the whistle blows and you've got a certain length of track to get to the beginning of the trail or the single track or whatever it is, the course. And where you are in the field at that point is really going to affect the rest of your race. If you, uh, that's called the whole shot. So everyone's, the whistle blows, everyone sprints to the whole shot and whoever gets in there first, chances are if they can maintain their momentum, they're going to be in the front for the majority of the race. And that's just because it's like a bottleneck. You can only fit so many people in the single track in the course. Um, so that is a unique thing, a unique feature about cyclocross. Uh, there is a pit similar to Criterium Racing. However, unlike Criterium Racing, you cannot backtrack on the course and you cannot cut the course. So let's say you get a flat. You just pass the pit and you get a flat 10 feet later. You literally cannot turn around and go into the pit. You have to pick up your bike and run it all the way around the course back to the pit and change out your tire that way. So that kind of sucks. I've definitely seen some racers run entire laps or even multiple laps because maybe they don't have a spare bike and they're highly motivated to finish the race. So uh, it's definitely a unique feature with cyclocross. It's, you know, or sorry, with criteriums, it's basically however you can get to the wheel pit is fine. Uh, this is very different. Because of that, um, they will have a double-sided pit generally. I think that's UCI standard is you've got to have a double-sided pit. So you have two opportunities on the course to switch out a bike or switch out a wheel. And that's very important because in cyclocross, it usually gets very muddy. Your your bike can get very bogged down with mud. So a lot of times you'll have a pit crew and you'll come through once per lap and switch out your bike. Your pit crew will uh, spray wash your bike so that the next time around it's nice and clean. And sometimes if it's a really muddy race, you're switching out your bike every single lap, which is kind of crazy. Um, strategy is very different compared to road. Uh, it's a lot more like a mountain bike race where there's minimal drafting. Maybe on some long stretches, you could possibly get a draft advantage. And there's a, a little bit more pace lining. So you're trying to keep the pace of the people in front of you or you're setting the pace of the race. But generally speaking, because drafting is not as big of an issue, it's just go, go, go. You're trying to do the course as quickly, as cleanly as possible, being as efficient as, efficient as possible. Um, so, yeah, not as much drafting or pack, uh, pack tactics, I guess you would say. Um, it's a major discipline, honestly. Um, it's been growing here in America. On, I know in our area, it's huge. We just finished up six weeks of back-to-back -back races um, in one series. So every weekend you have multiple races to choose from, and if you're trying to compete in a series, you're generally racing twice a weekend, and it is very... Anyways, a lot of opportunities. Uh, I know in Northern Europe it's super popular. A lot of the uh, Dutch riders and um, guys from Northern Europe are... Uh, constantly winning the uh, World Tour circuit, or I don't know how you say that, World Cup circuit, that's what it is. Um, so 
Anyways, it's a major discipline, and yet for some reason I feel like, at least in America, a lot of people don't know about it. People look at the bikes and they're like, oh, that looks like a road bike. Mm, no, it's not. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, the types of courses. So generally, cross courses can be divided into three categories, I think. One would be a power course. So a power course has less elevation, it's not as techy, and... Um, there's more sections where you can kind of lay, lay down power. So if you've got some strong legs and maybe you're more of a bigger built person with uh, you know, bigger legs and you can put out those high watts, you would benefit at the, in this sort of a course. Um, the, another course would be like an, a high a elevation course. So this has a ton of climbing, um, less sections where you're just kind of putting out power on a long straightaway. There's a little bit more recovery time on the descents, but there's also a lot of aerobic climbing and pedaling to get to the top of these climbs. Finally, there would be sort of like a techie type course or a mountain bikey type course. Um, we have a race like that around us called Sly Fox Cross, which is this super popular East Coast, Northeastern uh, race that a lot of people come out to. And it's designed by mountain bikers. And honestly, when you're on the course, it feels like a mountain bike course. I mean, you sometimes you feel like you shouldn't be riding on this course with a cross bike. Um, so very technical, a lot of bunny hopping, a lot of getting off your bike, uh, a lot of off-camber slopes and descents. And um, so you can kind of see how people will fit into these different categories. Usually the people that come from the mountain bike community are going to do really well on those techie courses, and maybe they're not going to do as well on the power courses where there's long straightaways. And flipping it, someone that is more versed in road and their fitness is more uh, aimed towards road road racing, they're going to do really well on those power courses, but maybe on the techie courses they're not going to do as well. So something to keep in mind. The atmosphere is amazing. I mean, this is what draws a lot of people to the sport. It's characteristically a party. I mean, generally there's breweries at these events because kind of same sort of people, I guess, would be interested in both of those types of races. People are wearing costumes. There's usually amazing music and people are coming out that aren't even involved in cycling, and they're just kind of having a fun time watching the racers. There's a lot of heckling, so um, I guess that's just a feature of <laughs> what people are into with cyclocross in America. Um, people are showing up with bullhorns. Uh, there's what's called hand-ups, so people are passing out beer to racers on the race course. Uh, <laughs> at Sly Fox, they were handing out pickles, dollar bills, money, uh cookies, what have you. So it's really fun. Obviously, um, in more of the elite categories, there's less of that. But like I said, it's, it's like a full day festival. So um, it, it changes throughout the day. But anyways, more on that on another at another time. It's a great entry point to getting into competitive racing. Maybe you've been thinking about getting into mountain bike racing or road racing, and you're intimidated by the, the thought of it. Well, cyclocross racing could be for you because there's low overhead. You can generally use whatever bike you have. I mean, if you had to, you could use a road bike. Um, there's minimal commitment, so there, it's not very expensive. Uh, no one's going to you know, look down on you. There's, there's very little judgmentalism in cyclocross. Um, so anyways, it's really cool. It's a great community event, and I highly recommend it. 
Uh, if you have anything to add about cyclocross, I'd love to hear it. This year particularly, I've really dove headfirst into the local cyclocross series. I've been battling it out with a couple of guys for first place in my category for the series. So I feel like I've really just enjoyed it. And the more you kind of like embrace it, it's just like, man, this is so cool. So I could keep talking about it, but I'm not going to. So we'll finish it there. Thanks for listening to today's Daily Preem. If you have a question you'd like to have answered, DM me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you enjoyed the podcast, head over to iTunes and subscribe. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you.